the beginning of true biblical success, the beginning, where it begins, is accepting Christ as your Savior, receiving him into your life, the forgiveness of your sins. Because at that point, and only at that point, can transformation actually start to take place. Only at that point can transformation begin. And this happens by trusting the Lord and then obeying him. And as we continually obey him, he continually transforms us. And he gives us a completely new identity through this process. Actually, 2 Corinthians 5 says that we are a new creation. We're a new creation when we do so. And if we start to understand as we become that new creation, we then start to actually understand what true success is. The King's Council helps you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents and abilities. In order to leave a legacy, you need to live your legacy of excellence through the five power pillars, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and financial. Now, our programs are specifically designed to give you the blueprint and strategies that you need to gain an edge in the most important areas of your life. Join us in creating the next wave of kingdom entrepreneurs and become the CEO of your life by visiting King's councilcoaching.com and connect with one of our team members today. High performers, business owners, CEOs, entrepreneurs, I am calling you out. May 6th and 7th, we are hosting the next Become the CEO of Your Life event in Austin, Texas. These are high-performance two-day events. More than an event, man, these things are a true experience. So if you're looking to level up your relationships, maybe accelerate your business or your career, or even break through those barriers that have been holding you back, then this is an absolute must-attend event. So text CEO to 727-472-3860 for more information, again, CEO to 727-472-3860. We'll see you there. To download our Kingdom Money Principle Cheat Sheet, text the word money to 727-472-3860. Again, text the word money to 727-472-3860. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek. And man, I am super excited about diving into this topic today because it's one that, man, it's one that I've strived for a good chunk of my life. And I'm sure if you're listening to this and uh, you've listened to some of our other episodes, then I got to believe that this is something that you have hungered for, more than likely still do, because we're going to really truly dive into the topic of success. Success. Because every human being, I believe, wants to be successful. Okay, The problem is that so many of us have, have really this skewed view of what success actually is. We all have these different ideas of what success is. And I used to be obsessed with the idea of this. Like the idea of success was something that I just, I hungered for, I desired, I loved, I chased after it. And I mean, what I thought was success, what I wanted 
up until, I mean, not that long ago within my life, like I thought success, being successful meant I could do what I want, when I want, where I want, with who I want, how I want, right? But as I've matured, I've realized that that really isn't actually success. I mean, if I look back on my life, I feel like I was constantly chasing the next thing. I was constantly chasing money, more things, more stuff, looking for that fulfillment within all of those. And part of that process, none of that was actually fulfilling. None of it fulfilled the hunger or the desire of what I thought success actually was. Yet we all want to be successful. Why is that? Why is it that we just have this innate desire for success? And it's difficult for a lot of us to even define what that actually means. Okay. And here's the thing, guys, is I want us to feel okay about this because it is normal to desire success. In fact, God's wired us that way. He's wired us. He's created us to be successful. The problem is, is that most of us aren't clear on what that actually means. Okay. God's original intent and design for us was to be successful. Remember, he said to be fruitful, to multiply, to go forth, to have dominion, to subdue the earth. So it's built within us to be successful. In any time somebody creates something, a manufacturer creates something, they create it for their product to be successful, right? Think about any product that you've purchased recently. They created it to be successful in whatever it is, the original intent for that product to do, to operate within. And God is no different. Okay, God is no different in this. In fact, everything necessary for success, he's already given us. He's built it into us. He created us that way. And the cool thing is, guys, we have an instructional manual. No different if you were to buy a piece of equipment. Let's go with a vacuum just for the, for the sake of it here. If you were to go buy a vacuum, okay, you're going to get within that vacuum. You open up the box, you're going to get a manual. It clearly tells us to read the entire manual before operating that vacuum. Okay, and let's be fair here. Have you ever done that? Because I know I haven't. The last thing that I've done in purchasing any piece of equipment is open the manual. Like I'm opening the boxes, I'm trying to figure this out. I want to connect, you know, whatever pieces need to be connected. And that's no different than what, what a lot of people do. But it's so important. If we were to actually just go through the manual, and we have a manual, I know you guys know what I'm talking about here. We've got the Bible. We have the Word of God. The Word was, is, always was. It is our manual on how to operate in life, on how to understand what success actually is. Okay, so if we are to read the manual before operating this thing called life, then we ought to do it. Okay, because any manual, we'll just go back to that vacuum, for example, any manual is made up of obviously what needs to be done to allow for that vacuum to function properly. Okay. But it's also made up of promises of what that product is designed to do. Think about this. If you look at a manual, you open it up, your operating manual, it says, follow these instructions to operate successfully. It tells us what not only what to do, but also gives us examples or explicit instructions of what not to do, 
right? A vacuum, for example, again, back to the point, I've never read the operating manual for a vacuum, but I got to believe it, it says something like, do not operate underwater, right? Or maybe under extreme heat. Okay, it tells us exactly there's warning labels, there's what to do with it, what not to do with it. And as you flip through the manual, there's always that guarantee and even a warranty towards the back of it, right? Essentially, it says if you abide by these rules, you will use our manual. If you obey the laws in this book, then we guarantee that this product is under warranty. Think through this, guys, with me, because this is what I started to unpack this podcast of what I wanted to explain here. I started to really kind of geek out to this. It's like, man, so many of us just, we don't read our own operating manual. And if we read it and we adhered to the laws, the rules, okay, here's the restrictions. I want you to operate. This product can be extremely successful. You can have fun. You can do incredible things with it if you operate it with these guidelines, within these guidelines. And if you do so, our maker, our creator guarantees that it will work to his standards. Okay. And if there's any defect, anything wrong with it, think about this, guys. If there's anything wrong with that product that you purchased, what does it say? It doesn't say attempt to fix it on your own. It actually says, do not attempt to fix yourself. It says something like either return to sender or maybe even take it to the authorized dealer in your area. And let me tell you guys, there are a lot of unauthorized dealers out there. Okay. There is one manufacturer. There's one creator. There's one maker. If we were just to go to him for the instructions on how to operate this thing correctly, but so many people are looking, they're taking their mindsets to things like meditation outside of, of biblical principles. They're going to, to Buddha. They're going to Muhammad, whatever that unauthorized dealer is. There's so many of them out there. But at the end of the day, the manual says, only take it to the authorized dealer. And there is one and only authorized dealer, and that is the Lord, JC, Jesus Christ. If there is a defect, anything wrong with it, and go back to that vacuum manual. If there's anything wrong with it, it says to send it back. Okay, don't try to fix it yourself. Take it to that authorized dealer or send it back to return to them. And this is what got me on this, guys. As I was thinking through this, I thought, okay, why would they do that? Is it for, is it a return? Like they're going to give us our money back or why would they put a guarantee on their product? Because they've created their product to work if you operate within these guidelines, they create that product to work under those guidelines for a specific intent, for a specific manner or purpose. So if it's not working and they say, hey, return it back to us, we're going to take care of it. They aren't asking you to do that for your sake. Okay, think about this. They don't even know you. Yes, you are a customer to them, but they have no idea who you actually are. They're asking you to return it because they are most concerned about their reputation. They are most concerned about their name, their product's overall reputation in the marketplace. That's why they're asking you to return it. So if their product isn't successful, then their reputation is in trouble. And this, guys, is what jacked me up. Everything that a manufacturer does 
hear me on this. Everything that a manufacturer does is for their namesake. Think about how many times in the Bible namesake is actually written. If the product fails, okay, the entire company or back to that vacuum, if that vacuum fails and it continues to fail, the entire company, the entire reputation can be destroyed. Okay, it devalues everything. And guys, hear me on this. This is what I really truly believe has happened in the Christian community. This is what, as I mentioned, jacked me up as I thought about this. Like, what are we doing? We are not representing the almighty, all-powerful, the beginning, the alpha, the omega. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? Our manufacturer has created us in his image. Okay, we are a product of our creator. Therefore, we should be operating with the original intent for what we were created. God wants us to be successful for his name's sake, for his reputation. Not for ours, not for our glory, not for anything that we view as successful in, in this world sense, but for his name's sake. That's the type of success that God wants us to have. So how do we become successful? How do we become the representation of God, of Jesus, that we should be? Well, first off, we ought to read the manual, right? Pretty like direct instructions of what to do in life. Okay, he's given us the Ten Commandments. He's given us rules, restrictions, exact laws and principles that work every single time. We just don't do it. And it's mind-boggling to me because I've lived majority of my life not doing any of those things, or some of those I was doing, but I didn't know. I didn't know why things worked or didn't work. There wasn't a specific intent. And imagine if we actually took this stuff seriously. If we actually opened up the owner's manual and started to do this, I really believe that we could ultimately understand what true success is, okay? Because there's things such as the worldly success, and then there's success within the kingdom of God, okay? And this is why so many people have this skewed idea of what success actually is, okay? Why I did for a long time of I want to do what I want, when I want, where I want, how I want, with who I want. Basically, I want freedom. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. And I just thought I had to be extremely wealthy in a monetary sense that I, I had to do that. And so that's what I was striving for. And then as I've matured in Christ, as I mentioned, like I realized I don't want any of that. That idea of freedom in the world sense comes with a lot of stress. It was a lot of what ifs that certain things money can't get you out of. Again, as I've matured through this, I've understood that as much as worldly success, as much of that as we obtain, there will never be that feeling of fulfillment. There will never be that feeling of fulfillment that only God can provide. So what actually is the Bible's definition of success? Okay, because you've heard, I would imagine you've heard verses. I know I've mentioned it before on some of these podcasts of Joshua 1.8. Right? It says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Bam. Read the owner's manual. Meditate on it so that you do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. That's 
pretty freaking clear. Okay, so we know what we need to do to be successful, but I was still like, okay, what is that then? What is success? If I know what I need to do to obtain it, what is it? What does success actually mean? So as I was diving into this, guys, I love doing this podcast. I just want to say this because it puts me in a mindset of like, I got to figure this stuff out. And so it's like diving into this and understanding this has been life-changing for me. Doing this podcast has been life-changing for me. So I just want to thank you guys for even listening to this. We're walking this thing out together. I want you guys to know that I'm not any smarter. I'm not any more advanced than any of you listening to this. What I've done is I've just started to implement it. I've started to do these things and realized like it works. Oh my goodness, it freaking works. Okay, so let's dive into this. Specifically, we're going to go into 1 Kings. In regards to King David, I'm going to read some scripture too for you guys. But when King David, he was about to die, okay, he actually gave Solomon, his son, some very specific advice. He was making Solomon king, and he gave him very specific advice. And it says here, this is again, David talking to Solomon, do what the Lord your God commands and follow his teachings. Obey everything written in the law of Moses, then you will be a success. Anytime we see that word then, it's so important just to go back and reread what you just read, because then you will be a success, no matter what you do or where you go. That was 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 3. Okay. Notice on this that David didn't tell Solomon to build up his kingdom with strong armies. Right? He didn't tell him to, to store up his wealth okay, or to even take more land to go try to defeat his enemies. Right, Instead, he is a very specific formula. And his formula for success was to follow God and obey him. Bam. Pretty easy here. Okay, But I want to read this for you guys so we have a foundation here. I'm going to continue to kind of unpack here. So 1 Kings chapter 3, we're going to pick up in verse 5. Okay, it says, that night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and God said, what do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. How many of you guys want to hear that from God? What do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. Because just think like, what would you ask for? What would you ask for if God actually just said, what do you want? You can ask anything. This is, I mean, our modern day version of the genie and three wishes. Okay, that's where that essentially stemmed from. It's just God's like, what do you want? Ask and I'll give it to you. Okay, so picking up in verse six, then Solomon replied, you showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father, David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you've continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. He's obviously referring to himself. Now, oh Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous, they cannot be counted. So give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? says that in verse 10, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you asked for wisdom and governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth 
or the, even the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart, such as no one else has ever had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. Whoa. When I first read that, I was like, all right. Because how many of us, when God said, hey, what do you want? How many of us immediately would be like, oh, I could use some money. I could use some fame, right? Because that's going to get me other things. No, 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 no. Solomon asked for wisdom. And then God graciously gave him the other things. I'll finish this up here. It says, no other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me, here's a big one. If you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Man, so when Solomon became king, he didn't ask for wealth. He didn't ask for power, but for wisdom and discernment. He wanted that so he could lead God's people. And obviously that pleased God and he granted it. And then he gave him that wisdom. He gave him that understanding heart more than any other man ever had and will have. But then he also gave him those other things that he didn't ask for, riches and really honor among men. Okay, those things naturally come when we have godly wisdom. And one thing that I think is maybe even overlooked on this is the humility that Solomon like came to God with. If we go back up to verse seven, it said, now, O Lord, my God, you have made me a king instead of my father, but I'm like a little child who doesn't know his way around. How many of us just think like you get elevated in a platform, you get promoted in your job and your role. And with that comes a little pride, a little ego, like I can do this. It was me, 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 me. And no, Solomon just still had this humility, this humble heart, like, I don't know what I'm doing, God. Like, I need your wisdom. I need your discernment. I need your knowledge, that understanding how to lead these people appropriately. With that humble heart, God's like, I got you. Oh, by the way, you don't need to worry about any other wealth or recognition, fame, any of that. I got you. I'm going to elevate you into new levels. That's a pretty simple formula for success, right? Solomon would be like the wealthiest king as David's son. He had what we would think of from the worldly standpoint, a lot of success, okay? Even in the worldly standpoint, but it wasn't because of what he did within the world. It was because of the kingdom mindset that he had asked for, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding on how to operate, how to make decisions, as we go through even into the New Testament, just think about like, what is biblical success? What actually is it? Because Jesus gave us the greatest commandment in the New Testament. It says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Okay. And then secondly, he said to love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other, no greater commandment than these. So to love God essentially means to obey him and to keep his commandments. So the first step in this process of what true biblical success actually is, the very first thing is accepting the free gift, the free gift of eternal life offered by the only creator, the only manufacturer that we have, Jesus Christ. If we don't have that, we'll never experience, we'll never know what it actually means to be successful Okay, I don't care any person on the planet that ever has been, that ever will be, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, any of these guys that are creating, just accumulating massive, Jeff Bezos, like they're creating massive amounts of worldly wealth. 
I can guarantee you they are torn apart inside. That feeling of unfulfillment is still there. And that's probably why they continue to grow. They grow, they grow because innately they have that desire to take dominion, to multiply. We all have that. But if it's not rooted in our manufacturer, the creator of heaven and of earth, the alpha and the omega, if we don't have that, there's no place to go from there. The beginning of true biblical success, the beginning, where it begins, is accepting Christ as your savior, receiving him into your life, the forgiveness of your sins. Because at that point, and only at that point, can transformation actually start to take place. Only at that point can transformation begin. And this happens by trusting the Lord and then obeying him. And as we continually obey him, he continually transforms us. And he gives us a completely new identity through this process. Actually, 2 Corinthians 5 says that we are a new creation. We're a new creation when we do so. And if we start to understand as we become that new creation, we then start to actually understand what true success is with our new identity in Christ, okay? our old ways of thinking, our old desires that we once had that we thought was success, they slowly start to fade away. And over time, we gain this new understanding, this new knowledge, this level of wisdom that we didn't even know we could have. It's now at our disposal. And we can understand that God will give us an understanding. He'll give us that knowledge. Actually, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us that. He'll guide our steps on where to turn. We have access to actually new levels of wisdom. James 1, 5 says that if any of us lacks wisdom, all we got to do is ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach. If we do that, James 1, 5 says that it will be given. And then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding in Philippians tells us that that's what we have when we surrender, when we give our lives to Christ, we take on that new identity and we start to walk in this new creation. We start to mature in Christ. And as we begin to think less of ourselves, right? Not only of ourselves, like I once did, but all of a sudden it matters about others around us. Okay, And our joy now doesn't become in the things that we get or what we accumulate on this earth, but it's more in a matter of what we can do for others, what we can give to others, how we can help grow and prosper others. Okay. That's the maturity that we begin to have in Christ. And let me tell you, some of you listening to this, you get it, you know it, you're with it, you're in it right now. And some of you listening to this, maybe haven't even experienced that yet. Like, what does that even feel like? Here's the thing. I can't even begin to explain it to you. Truly. Because there is nothing, nothing like walking in a true success that only Christ can actually provide. Because we can have all the power, we can have all the money, all the popularity, all the worldly recognition, but still have that soul that's empty, that's bitter. We can have all the things of this world and still be an utter failure in the sense of what really truly matters. What good is it? The Bible tells us what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Matthew 16, 26. Continually think about this, what biblical success actually is. The transformation of your life is God's goal. The redemption 
you think about how he originally came and created us, created everything out of nothing. Okay, he had a plan. He had a uh, an intent there to take dominion, to bring heaven to earth. The beautiful thing is that when God's word speak, when it is spoken, it is spoken. It is a law. It is a rule. It is a principle forever, and God will never go back on His word. Okay, but as we make stupid decisions, as Adam and Eve made stupid decisions, it's like, all right, well, here we go. And so God's goal for us was always to be in relation with him. It was always to have that level of intimacy with him from the beginning. But based upon decisions that we've made, starting from Adam, we've fallen away. So God's goal is certainly redemption for us. True success is not like, okay, I'm back walking with Christ. Our lives get transformed in that. He also wants to provide for us other things right? Good things, physical things. He wants to provide food and clothing and housing for us. And he actually loves to do it. Matthew 6, verse 25, going through 33, I'm not going to read it in its entirely, but basically it says how we can have all of those things, how all of those things can be added unto us. Specifically, Matthew 6, 33 says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of those things will be added unto us. Yet most of us, at one time or another, start to focus on the gifts rather than the giver. And that's when we, as a believer, that's when we start to maybe regress in our actual contentment with who we are, whose we are, and the joy that we once had starts to get quenched. We quench the Spirit's transforming work that's within us because we begin to focus on the wrong things. We're now seeking the gifts versus the kingdom and his righteousness. Because if we just do that, if we were to, to seek first the kingdom of God, okay, God's reign and rule in our life and his righteousness, we're in right alignment with him. Everything else works out. It's incredible how it actually works. Back to this idea of success. I want you guys just to picture this with me. You got two hands and your right hand, we'll call it, there's contentment. There's a peace. There's the ability just to take on life, to, to handle any problems that may be coming at you, right? No, no matter what comes at you, there's just a peace that just, it transcends all understanding, all circumstances. And there's wisdom. You know what decisions need to be made because you have that knowledge and that understanding of the direction for your life. Okay. You have a, a love for others. You have an acceptance of who you are and whose you are. And this joy is just unspeakable because no matter what happens, your focus is not on what happens in this world. It's not on the things of this world. It's on your creator, the manufacturer of your life. And at the end of the life, you have eternity with God who freely gives all of these gifts that I just mentioned. Okay, and then your other hand, You've got money. Okay, these are the two definitions of success that I'm explaining to you guys. The other hand, you've got money. Okay, you've got power. You have success in the world. You have influence. People look up to you because you have a million Instagram followers. Because of that, you have opportunities to manipulate situations. Okay, you have that ability. You got the right hand of true contentment and peace and joy. I want to be crystal clear on this. Contentment doesn't mean satisfaction. Okay. Contentment means you're good with God and who you are, whose you are. 
but you still have that feeling of dissatisfaction, that healthy dissatisfaction versus the other hand where there's no such thing as contentment. What would you choose? The Bible tells us that where your treasure is, your heart is there also. The right hand that I explained there, that peace, that joy, that understanding, that's the definition, the true definition of biblical success. And now that we have that understanding, okay, I get it. I want that. I hope you want that. Because just because you have contentment and peace and joy, I say it like just, like it's not the greatest thing on earth. (laughs) But when you have that contentment, that peace, that joy, that transformation that takes place inside of you, it's not that those other things aren't achievable, okay? Because it takes money to go forth, to take dominion, to subdue the earth. But here's the difference, guys. Those things don't have you. That's the difference. True success is God's got you in the palm of his hand, and he gives you that ability to go forth, to subdue, to multiply, to be fruitful, to replenish, which is, by the way, just literally an incredible business plan that that God's created. I'm going to talk about that in another episode. When you have that, when you have that, it now gives you the ability to go obtain wealth, the ability to obtain influence because influence doesn't have you. Money, wealth doesn't have you. I hope you guys are understanding this. If you're listening to this podcast, I trust and believe, and I I hope that you have just that desire to create wealth on this earth here and right now, but not for any, any worldly possession or thing that has a hold of you. Like, I know that this is the mantle. This is the God-given calling upon my life is to lead this movement. Believe me, I have not wanted to do it. There have been many times I have said, I do not want to do this, God, but he just keeps coming back and not giving up on me, right? I've tried to give up many times. This is the difference between worldly success and kingdom success. And God has designed us. He created us to be successful in the right things. Okay, because success, it's predictable. Success is not luck. Success is not an experiment. Success is designed by God, and we should desire it. We should actually plan for it. Okay, it's predictable, as I mentioned. So is failure, by the way. Failure is very predictable as well. Okay, but God designed things to be successful, and we know how to do it now. So, Like, are we ready to get going? Are we ready to take territory? Are we ready to be truly successful in this life? I want to be crystal clear on this. We can be successful at a lot of things and still feel like a failure. I'm living proof of that, okay? Because success, when I'm talking about success, what true success is, kingdom success, worldly success, we can be successful at a lot of things in this world and still feel like an utter failure. That feeling of of just, that's it? And then you go to the next thing and to the next thing. Kingdom success has very little to do with what you accumulate, with what you possess. Okay, very little to do with that, with what you achieve. It absolutely even has less to do with what other people's opinion or their assessment of you and your accomplishments actually are. Very little to do with that. Okay, in fact, I would say nothing to do with that. True success. Okay, true success in life can only be defined, and hear me on this, guys, true success in your life can only be defined by discovering your purpose, not my purpose or anybody else's, but your purpose 
And once you have found that, it can actually be measured by your acts of obedience toward accomplishing that purpose. Okay, your purpose is back to the manufacturer. He created us for something. Okay, there's a purpose. There's an original intent for why you or anything else was created. That's truth right there, guys. God has created you for a purpose. It's the reason for your existence. It's the why behind anybody or anything's existence. There's a purpose behind it. Your purpose is understanding and knowing what your assignment is that the creator has given you, what he's designed you for. And we all have, call it a corporate assignment, the church, okay? We have an assignment to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish the earth, to subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay, Genesis 1.28. That's what God, that was like the original assignment God had given us all. And that's still there. Okay, that is still there. I know you guys have heard that before, but what is our individual purpose? Okay, because we are the body of Christ. Okay, the body has an ultimate purpose to go forth, to multiply, to subdue, to have dominion. Okay, the body of Christ has that purpose. But what is your individual purpose? Like, I remember just used to thinking about this, like, am I the eye? Am I the the nose? Am I the finger? What is my purpose in this body of Christ? Okay, and I've discovered that there's really three things that helped me discover my purpose. And I'm going to share those with you guys and trust and believe that it's going to help you as well. Okay, because some of you listen to this, you know, like you're rocking it, you're crushing it. But how do we help others find, like, what is their real purpose? This isn't rocket science, guys. I hope you're not looking for, like, this amazing piece of wisdom or knowledge, but it's pretty simple, guys. And just ask yourself, first off, what gets you fired up? What gets you, call it, righteously angry? You're scrolling social media, and what are you, like, you're scrolling, you're like, oh, man, you just get that feeling. What gets you fired up? Okay, a feeling of like, I can't believe that. Like, are you kidding me? Maybe it's how to run a business appropriately. Okay, that can be your purpose within the body, the greater commission that he's given us. Could be when I see human trafficking, man, that just gets me fired right up. Okay, so what gets you fired up? And just start to jot some things down here. And then next, what would you do even if you didn't receive any compensation for it? And some of you may be doing this right now, okay? Because there is a difference between your job and your purpose. Understand that those can be two different things. They absolutely can be two different things because your job is what you do for money. It's what you do for a paycheck because you got bills, right? Okay, your job is not who you are. It's what you have done or what you're doing in that time period for a paycheck. But your purpose is something that you can and you will do even if you're not compensated for it. Okay, your job is employment, but your purpose is deployment. Let's say that again. Your job is you're employed, but when you identify what your purpose is, you can become deployed. Employment means that you're brought on board by a corporation or somebody else that is paying you for a specific task to accomplish, right? You do that, you're going to get paid for whatever your hourly rate is, right? But, but deployment means When you become deployed, you are released to fulfill that actual purpose, that reason that God has put you on this earth. Because fulfilling your purpose 
essentially is releasing that potential that's inside you, releasing the abilities, those innate abilities that God has already given you. They're built into you and you're using it. You're using those abilities to serve in a cause that benefits all humanity. Okay, discovering what you want to do, discovering what you would do without any compensation is one simple step in actually discovering your true, true purpose on this earth. Okay, and then the last one, guys. So I said, what gets you fired up? What is that righteous anger inside of you? And then second, what would you do if you weren't even paid for it? Okay, what would you do even if you never got a dime for it? Would you continue to do it? Which leads me into this last one, which really is, what is your passion? And I want to have a true understanding of what passion actually means on this, guys, because most people think, well, it's what gets me excited, right? Even the first bullet point that I gave on this, like, what gets you fired up? That's not your passion, okay? Your passion, if we look at like a true biblical sense of what passion is, think of the passion of Christ. Man, think of like, what breaks your heart? What breaks your heart? Not that you get righteously angered, but what breaks your heart. Once you find what you would do without compensation, that will maybe help you find what your passion is. But in order to understand what that passion is, start to ask yourself, like, is that like what really God has created me for? Like, is that what breaks your heart? You could probably actually look back at just themes in your life. What are you naturally drifted towards? What have you naturally just been inclined to go do, okay, regardless of any external circumstances? Think through that and see if there's any trends within your life. Because one thing that I know will reveal what that true passion is inside of you. If you find something that gets you fired up, it's excited, and you're going to do it without compensation, okay, and then you still do it after you have gone through some junk. You've gone through some discouragements. You've gone through failures. You've gone through hardships, terrible things people have said about you, okay, limitations. You've gone through lack. You've gone through setbacks. And if you still sincerely know that you still want to go forth, want to do that thing, that's what you're passionate about. God has put that passion inside of you. He's put this concept, this understanding of eternity into us, okay? And so we are always going to have that desire that's greater than us. It's greater than our understanding of existence itself. It's greater than our circumstances. Everybody wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves. That's an innate God-given desire in our heart, that passion. Once you start to know that and you understand that, that then is your purpose, Discovering your passion, what breaks your heart, is going to be pivotal in understanding what your purpose is on this earth. Okay, remember, your purpose is the key. It's the foundation to success. If you don't know your purpose, you can be successful at a lot of things and still be a failure. If you've heard me in the past, you know I always say, there is no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. If you don't understand what your purpose is, you will never experience a true biblical sense of success. I would say that is, you didn't take that feedback to ultimately continue to move forward. 
Okay, so your purpose is the key. It's the foundation of success. Okay, I don't care what your version of success is because that's your version. If you have a version in that sense, I'm going to be so bold just to say of it's not going to fulfill you. There's a truth. There's a biblical success that you will always hunger. You will always desire if you, first off, if you haven't fully given your life to Christ. And if you have given your life to Christ and you're still like, I don't really know what breaks my heart. You're still, you're going through the motions because believe me, I was that dude for a long time. It's not like, bam, you give your life to Christ and it's like everything just becomes crystal clear. I I mean, truthfully, it probably becomes harder. (laughs) I know that's not a great sales point or selling point on this, but it becomes so much more worth it when you do so because your purpose is the key and foundation to true success. You're not successful if everyone says that you're successful, okay? A lot of people called me successful for a period of time in my life, right? You're not successful if that's what people call you. You're not successful if you've done what others maybe wouldn't even do for themselves, right? Or even if you've done what others expected you to do. That's not success. You're not successful if you've even excelled and won awards, you've received recognition for things. That ain't success. You are truly successful only if you have done what you are purposed to do. All things, all things begin and end with your purpose. Okay, purpose reveals the true really components of what God built into you. Ultimately, it enables you to achieve all that he has prepared for you to do. Not for me to do, but for you to do. Okay, pursue your purpose. If you do this deliberately, if you pursue your passion, that's what true success actually is. Not only are you going to find fulfillment when you do so, but that is the true definition of success for you, your purpose. Okay, success is not what you have done compared to what others have done. Success is not what you have done compared to what others have done. Success is what you have done compared to what you know you're supposed to do. If you want to be successful, if you want to truly be successful, you have to fulfill what you originally intended to do, what you were created to do, the assignment that God created you for according to the plan of the specifications of him, of our creator, that is how we become truly successful. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. If you loved what you heard, give us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You can also watch this episode and much more on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Kings Council Coaching.